the world won't know. So somebody gotta talk about it. Yeah. Girls wanna know what you did to that woman. Yeah. The world won't know. So somebody gotta talk about it. Hey everybody, welcome to Chats with Champs. I am Tierra Lise here with Peso. And today we are celebrating HBCU homecoming week. You see, I got my Grambling State University, the Grambling State University paraphernalia on. And today's show is gonna be something that all of you need to listen to. How you feeling about that? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling real good. <laughs> it's homecoming yeah. week. You got your shades on. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in my element right now. You in your right element, now. ready to turn up on the yard. Yeah, you know it. You know it. <laughs> I remember, look, I remember those days, but I'm far removed. Yeah. Okay, not that far, but I'm but, a little yeah, far removed little from far. those days. But I still remember <laughs> those times on the yard. So, um, let's talk about it. So, so far, I mean, you've gone through, gone through, shit. <laughs> So far, you've gone through college, you've experienced what a, a little bit about what life can be like in the real world. Um, I mean, because college, going to college, you're on your own for the first time. You're away from your parents' nest. So it's like you trying to figure out what life is about, gaining that independence. But I'm curious to know, what are some of the toughest challenges that you faced so far and had to overcome? As far as like college or just life-based? Just life period. Let's like, let's just go life period. The transition from a, a being a boy to a man, because it's like you think you're a man until you really get into the world, and then you get to experience all this other stuff. But mm -hmm. I feel like the biggest experience is the transition, like being accountable and holding yourself accountable for real. Because a lot of people don't do that, and yeah. they think they're a man. But I feel like the basis of being a man is basically like having accountability and like basically looking out for others you know what i'm saying yeah. like responsibility yeah me? having the people depend on you i feel like that's the biggest thing like accountability mm -hmm. having people depend on you i feel like that makes you an honest person and it's not easy being honest you know what i mean yeah i mean and, and then just uh, kind of going back to you talking about a man like to you what is a man what is a man because you know as women we know how we want our man to be like this is a man if he does this and this and that to, so to you what is the true I guess, basis for what a man should be. Having others really look up to you and you fall through with it. You feel me? Because like a lot of people think a man is just like, oh, I'm grown. I yeah. can do this, I'm on my own. Yeah. That's not being a man. That's just being a bachelor at that point. Like, yeah. I feel, like, I feel like being a man is really holding yourself accountable, one. Two, making sure others around you are good. Really like, how you can say this, like being an alpha out the pack, really looking out for others. Yeah. I feel like that's what a man is supposed to do. Oh, that's right. what I, that's that's fits the shoes of a man, especially in this society. So yeah, yeah that's what I feel like. I man. like that. I really like that answer. And I mean, just listening to you talk, you my you my little brother. Okay, <laughs> I've watched you grow up from the diapers to you know you becoming who you are today, Peso. Um, so it's I mean, just listening to you talk, bro. I can really hear that you've made a huge transition in your life, in your mindset, your mentality. You're you're becoming. A man and I'm just over here smiling because I'm proud <laughs> I'm over here proud and um, I just I, I, I like the path that you decided to take so I'm proud, of you I'm proud of you too I'm proud Look, of you we're too. not gonna get too emotional right now we're not gonna get <laughs> too the emotional. On. I, I have cry. my makeup on I, I can't I can't get emotional so let's not make this too much of an emotional episode I'm trying to keep my makeup on. I got you I got you so what would this like like did your expectations meet your reality when you went to HBCU uh 
Yes, actually, everything that I envisioned my HBCU experience to be is what it was. Mind you, um, before I actually became a student at Grambling State University, I attended a summer program, and that kind of gave me um, uh, like a like a preface of what I was going to face my freshman year. So navigating the campus and seeing all of the exciting things that's happening at Grambling during that summer when I was 17 years old is what inspired me to go back at 18 and actually attend. Um, everything that you saw in the movies about HBCUs, the homecomings, feeling like family reunions, um, seeing so much black pride and successful black people, which, you know, HBCUs, um, we pretty much make up a large percentage, HBCU graduates make up a large percentage of successful black people in America. And growing up watching A Different World and seeing Martin rocking his <laughs> grambling paraphernalia, um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, seeing them rocking different HBCU Perry was something that inspired me to want to be um, go attend an HBCU because looking up to them, you kind of be like, dang, I want, what is what is this about? Like, what is this HBCU experience that you hear people talking about? Like, what is that actually like? So to experience it and live through it, and all I can say that those four years were probably some of the best years of my life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. That's crazy that you say that. Like, because people, when they, usually when they go to HBCU, they have like, they have what they think is going to, what it's going to be. Yeah. And after a while, it formulates into something else. But I feel like personal experiences there really change the perspective. Yeah. Because you hear one thing from one person and you yep. hear another thing from another person. Yeah. I feel like it really depends on how, the, what a person set up in a friend group. Because I feel like birds of a feather flock together. So yeah. if they were a bad crowd, usually that's how, you know, when people first get to HBCUs, they have their little crowd yep. they hang around. Yeah. Before you know it, they just decrease in numbers. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like it's, it's definitely like the group of people they with. Yeah. And I, and you know, I went to two HBCUs. So I undergrad Grambling State University and then law school, Texas Southern University. So I have that double HBCU experience. It, it wasn't the same though, because at Grambling, you know, 18 to about 21 years old, you have a different mindset. Right. And in law school, attending an HBCU, I wasn't out at parties all the time. I wasn't out on the yard. Of course, I pledged Delta Sigma Theta at Grambling State University, but going into um, Texas Southern, it, the experience, even as, as a member of a sorority, looks different because in law school, you know, the Deltas there, they were very resourceful, they were very helpful, but we weren't worried about strolling on the yard or being out at on, you know, during homecoming. We were focused, a focused group of women trying to become the the next, you know, best black women attorneys versus me at Grambling. You know how I got down at Grambling. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I got down at Grambling. So it was, it's, it was, Still, it was, like I said, a double HBCU experience, but two completely different experiences because of my mindset. Um, but while we're on the topic of HBCUs, do you think that college prepare you for the real world? Um, I can say, like, based off of what I, like, I had time to really put up a blueprint to be successful. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I had a plan, and, like, I had to, I get to draw it out instead yeah. of, like, entering the real world, having a job, clocking in until 9 to 5. Yeah. You do that, it's hard to have a goal, because at the end of the day, you have to pay bills. So, yeah. Like, so you entering college and having the experience, I feel like people should take that time to network. And it sounds cliche, because a lot of people say it, but you really need to network yeah. in college, for sure. Yeah. Make connections, for sure, because if, if you don't, like, what are you there for, for real? Like, right. You get a degree, and then you clock into a 9 to 5. You, you, you can't do that, like. That's a waste of time, really, and time worth more than money. So, 
I feel like that's something people should really focus on, networking for sure. And, and to piggyback on what you're saying, I can say that some of the best opportunities that I've gotten in life came from my relationships with people rather than me submitting a resume, them looking at my resume and my qualifications and saying, okay, we're gonna hire you. Most of that was based on me knowing the person who either owned the company or was an executive at that company and saying, you know what? I can personally vouch for her. I've worked with her. She's an amazing woman. I think that she will be a good fit for this. And that goes further than you submitting your resume because you, you have to think about it like this. When you graduate college, there are thousands of other people graduating from college too. And then when you're in the same field, there are thousands of other people in that same field. So everybody's competing for that same position. And then guess what? All of you submit a resume. What's, what's gonna you know, differentiate you from that other person? Even if your resume is amazing, what I've learned is that people rather work with people that they like. And that's something that I think a lot of college students need to understand about corporate America is that nepotism is real. So just because you were in honors classes and you graduated with a 4.5 GPA doesn't mean that you're gonna get the job. You know who's gonna get that job? The boss's son, best friend, who also majored in the same thing that you majored in with the same degree, but because he's the boss's son, the son's best friend, he's going to get it. So that's something that people should be mindful of, and which is why it goes to your point, your relationships are very important. Without a doubt, speaking about after college, when you, um, when you received your law degree, what went through your mind? Like, what, like, bring me in that moment, like, as far as what was you thinking, like, when you got the law degree handed yeah. to you? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I remember during law school, I was an avid watcher of Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. So I wanted to be Olivia Pope. I wanted to be Annalise Keating. And when I got that law degree, I know, it's t I know there are TV shows, but that was my modern day depiction of what a strong black female attorney looks like minus the scandal and of course all of the other stuff that Annalise Keaton had going on. <laughs> but that was the, I guess the aura I wanted to um, kind of- Like portray. Portray yeah. as an attorney because I wanted to walk into that courtroom and you know, be this, this woman that just dominates. Right. Um, so when I got my law degree, I was ready. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let me go get my suits lined up so I can walk in with the hair bouncing like Kerry Washington. <laughs> Let me make sure that um, I speak a certain way. And then I realized it's the, the practice of law is completely different from the study of law. Um, but nevertheless, it was probably one of my greatest accomplishments so far. I remember that moment of me just being so proud because I became the first attorney in my family. And I, I just, I, I hold on to that moment because that was when I proved to myself that I can do anything. Because I thought about dropping out of law school, my second, um, going into my second year, I thought about dropping out. So when I finally got my law degree, I was like, all right, I did it. <laughs> right. I did it. Without a doubt. Yeah. And so with that, I talked about how, what my law degree felt like for me and, and what I've learned um, just throughout law school. But for you, what is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned so far? Like I had a big thing with trusting people, but I flipped it. I, I do like, I trust people to be who they are. You feel me? Because if you hold yourself accountable, you expect the same energy back. But once you trust somebody to be who they are, it's, it's less stressful. Like, for real, it's very less stressful. Yeah. Trusting others to be who they are. 
because in any instance in life, you're going to deal with another person, period, point blank. That's just yeah. how it goes. And a lot of people bring, I'm sure you know, like in firms and stuff like that, they bring their personal life into Not work. even in firms, just like, in life, period. Just, just in life, period. So, yeah. so you get it, like just trusting people to be where they are. I feel like that's the best aspect because like in that sense, it's like you don't have expectations on other people no more. You know what I'm saying? You just yeah. let them be who they are and right. it's less stressful. Yeah. That's stressful for sure. And, and Maya Angelou, the late Maya Angelou, said something that's so powerful. It's a simple statement, but it's so powerful. She said, when someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. And I think the problem with us is that when we meet somebody and they show us who they are, it's like we we kind of deny that. Like, oh, no, that's, that's I mean, that, that was a moment of them. That's not who they really are. But when someone show you, when someone shows you who they are in their raw form, that's just who they are. I mean, I can say this, us as women, especially when it comes to men <laughs> and dating, you know, we're like, oh, well, he's not like this or he can be this. And we end up trying to make this man into what we want him to be. And like you said, expectations. We, we, we have these certain expectations of what we want our man to be rather than understanding like, look, this is just who this man is. He's <laughs> never gonna change. He's always gonna lie to you. This is just who he is, right. you know? So that, that's a very important lesson um, about people. But I, I think trust is, is kind of tough because we've all had instances or moments in our lives where we really trusted somebody and they let us down. So it's like recovering from that is where I think a lot of healing has to happen because there's trust issues in friendships, there's trust issues in relationships and trying to get back trust is is very difficult especially when you like you, like i said you put your trust in this person right. and then it's like well how do i trust you again because just earning someone's trust is a tough thing right. so after you've um betrayed me or you've made me mis uh, mistrust you it's like well how can i gain that trust back how do you gain trust back i feel like it becomes with action for sure because without that anybody can say anything so for sure, actions speak louder than words. I mean, it's said a hundred times over. Everybody I agree says with that. that. That's a hundred. Yeah, but that's the most that's the most stoic thing you can say. Like, how can you disagree with somebody's actions? You've seen it for yourself, so that's what it is. And I feel like a lot of people they misconstrue themselves. They <laughs> now they say it, now they delulu about situations. <laughs> like yeah. they don't want to accept the fact that that's what's going on because yeah. they like that person or they love that person. But I feel yeah. like you put the energy out. You need to be getting it back because you just putting energy out to vague space yeah. and it's nothing you just know where you get that back and like i said bro like time is worth more than money so don't play with your time yeah don't play with your time but don't play with my time either <laughs> let's just get that let's get that straight right now don't play with my time and i think that's another reason why people have so many trust issues is that we understand how valuable our time is so it's like if I'm giving someone my time, I expect them to understand, look, this is a privilege. Right. This woman got so much going on. If she's giving me if she's giving me some time, then that means she 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 really like, you know, fools with me. All right, let's talk about that. Like, so how's the dating pool been? Being that you top forty under forty, very successful, independent black woman. How's it going? <laughs> I might need a glass of wine. I mean, I might need to turn this water over here into to wine to have this conversation. <laughs> um, I think the dating pool is is um, I don't I don't want to speak negatively on it because I've met some good people. I just wasn't ready for them. 
right? Because when you go through a relationship, um, a bad relationship, you kind of carry that negativity with you for some time. That's why they say after you get out of a bad relationship, you should take some time to kind of heal and figure out, figure yourself out. That's so important because after my last relationship, I tried to get back into dating. Like, okay, I got to get my mind off this guy. So let me just jump back in and, and um, answer some of those text messages and DMs that I was ignoring for about a year and a half. And so, <laughs> and so you, you, you respond back to those messages, but, and, and these guys, they're, they're being themselves. They're coming at you very raw because they, they don't have any baggage, but you have baggage. And so now you're taking that same baggage and you're not able to fully appreciate this guy because you have that baggage with you. And I carried that baggage on to these um, new friendships that I was uh, making and I wasn't able to appreciate them because any little thing that they did, it, if it reminded me of my ex, I'm like, oh no, I, I was just about to ask I that. got to. <laughs> I was like, just about to ask that. Go. <laughs> So it was, it was more so me, but let's not even, um, let's not, let's not just, I'm going to, I've accepted, okay, my fault, but also there are some weirdos. <laughs> there are weirdos out here. And when I say weird, I mean like a guy will show his interest in me and be like, man, I've been, you know, wanting to get at you for some time. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's see where this can go. And the communication is just terrible. Like where, how do you express that you've been after somebody for a while and you're truly interested and you're deeply interested, but you can't even text back. If I text you and you, and you respond back two weeks later, you are really not that interested in me. And now I think you're a liar. <laughs> now I think you've been lying to me because if you really are that interested, the communication should flow naturally. And it's not like I'm telling you like, oh, we gotta talk every day, baby, I'm busy. We ain't talking every day. <laughs> right. But I think that the, some guys just suck at showing interest because of that whole, oh, she's an attorney, she's accomplished this, I gotta, you know, I guess for them not to look so corny or that right. fear of looking it's like thirsty. That ego, that ego yeah, that ego bit. kicks in and then they're like, well, I gotta, I know she probably have a couple other people that's lined up, so let me just not look so thirsty. And then right. that turns into, baby, you don't even know how to show interest. You've been texting me what you doing for the past three weeks. When are we going on a date, okay? <laughs> so I, I, my, my dating life has been a little up and down, but I'm not jaded, I'm healed, okay? Okay. So, so uh, if somebody is looking, hey, I'm, I'm healed this time. <laughs> Um, and so you've talked about trust and you've talked about the lessons that you've learned. And like I said, I'm looking at a completely different person, Yeah. you know, and, and I'm smiling because I'm so proud of who you become and this young man that I see you on the path, um, becoming. So if you can go back and give your 21 year old self some advice, what would it be? It'll be definitely like. I got a quote I made. It's like perception plus time equals understanding. And I say that because like math is not, I mean, life is not a math, like a math equation. You feel me? There's no formula to the answers or the issues that we have in life. Yeah. So I feel like the basis of that, like definitely like give yourself time and get an understanding. And that's the fullest tense. Like you're not going to get nothing under than a, more than an understanding of anything in life, period. So I feel like that's basically what that is, like perception plus time. And also like 
give yourself solitude because there's a lot of solace and solitude. It's a I lot of solace that. and solitude. So give yourself time because that's the best way to analyze any problem you got in your life. Like yeah. if you're chilling by yourself and you like really analyzing the situation and sometimes you look back at it, be like, I could have reacted different. But yeah. if you would have took that time out and I reacted so fast, you probably could have got a better outcome of that situation. Mm. So I feel like a lot of like solitude and perceiving things and yeah. getting to understand it for me, like giving you time, giving yourself time to understand it. Yeah. I feel like that's the best, that's the basis like that. I feel like that's the formula of life. Like, oh, it ain't I the answer, that. but it's like, it give you an understanding of the answer. You feel me? Because I feel like we chase answers the, our whole life. Yeah. And we, and we chase them, but that's what makes life so beautiful. Just chasing, chasing. Because who want to be sitting and sit, and sit stagnant? Nobody yeah. wants to do that. People want it to be adventurous because you can put that into anything. If something gets bored to you, it's not interesting no more. Yeah. So like just that climax of just chasing and chasing and chasing. Yeah. I feel like that's like, that's the tense. So like just being journey for having new journeys and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, just getting an understanding. I like that. that and I also want to share a quote with you. One of my favorite quotes is life is a journey, not a destination. So when you're talking about this journey and this chase, it reminds me of that quote, because life is a journey. There's no one stop shop with life. Like there's no one stop with life. You're gonna continue to go and grow and glow. But um, <laughs> it's, it's an ongoing thing, especially as you mature and you go from that 21 year old Terrell Peso to the 25 year old and then the 35 year old, you're, you're constantly going to want better and you're gonna right. continue to elevate. So I really like that quote. Yeah, that's big on contradiction too. Like you, when you get older, you start contradicting yourself. Oh man, listen. And people don't understand that. <laughs> like people don't wanna contradict themselves so bad, but listen, bro, you gonna contradict yourself. Period, point blank, you gonna contradict yourself. When you grow up, you're gonna kind of contradict yourself. Some of the stuff you said you would never do, Listen, you're doing now. Uh, listen, I'm nevering like I never before. Okay, <laughs> there's a lot of things that I said that I'd never do that I'm doing. But like, like you said, it, it just as you grow in life, you just continue to learn different things about yourself. And I think that we just have to appreciate that we're not going to stay the same. That we're going to change. So, thank you all for tuning in. You ain't got to go home, but you gotta. <laughs> For sure. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, bro. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, we definitely got more content coming for y'all. Definitely. Godspeed.